4-0 in the bowl. The Gophers pull off the win in New York, and we're going to be talking about what happened in this game. I've got some gripes, not necessarily with the Gophers, but we got to jump into it here at Locked On Golden Gophers. Hey, you are no Locked happens, On Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden out, Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. Welcome into Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name's Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant, here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. The Gophers just got done playing in the Pinstripe Bowl, and they beat Syracuse 28-20. to Now, It was a little sloppy. There were some hiccups. There were some moments and things to gripe about. But a win is a win, and the Gophers go four and zero versus P or with PJ Fleck as the coach here at Minnesota. But let's talk about what happened today. The Gophers won twenty eight to twenty, way closer than it should have been. Quite frankly, there was some sloppy play, but honestly, the second half was a little bit. Rough for the Gophers. Overall, we got a win, so you appreciate it. But the number one topic at hand that we have to talk about is we need to stop playing these games on baseball fields. Like, it's just, it's not built for football. Straight up, flat out. It's back-to-back years now with injuries on crappy field. Overall, the baseball, it's just not meant for football, folks. I don't know how to say it any other way. Now, NCAA, hear me closely on this one. No one likes it when they play on the baseball fields. The view for many of the seats is terrible. The baseball field's grass is not built to be beat up by the football cleats and everything like that. On top of that, we've consistently seen injuries and heard complaints, and it's not safe playing conditions. So if you want key players, NFL-bound players, pro-bound players to play in these bowl games or even consider playing in it prior to going to prep for the draft, then you have to put them in better field conditions. And this one was not one here at the Yankees stadium. So let's stop doing that. If you want to reward the bowl games being important, then put them on better fields. So the players don't have to worry about injuries or anything like that. Because in this game, the Gophers did see two key injuries. The first being young quarterback, Ethan Kaliak Manis in the first half. And we hope it's nothing serious. Hopefully it's something minor, maybe just a strain or a sprain. Uh, But hopefully it's nothing long-term because it would be absolutely devastating to lose him over his first spring camp where he's seen as the guy and all the off season where he can be seen as the guy. Those will be key pivotal moments heading into 2023 and it would be brutal to lose him. On the opposite side, we also lost young player Cody Lindenberg, who is key on the defense as well. So I just, let's put it on better playing fields and better conditions for these players. Now, if we want to fix the field situations, You need to do it now. Otherwise, be prepared for teams to not want to play in these bowl games. Just flat out and straight up. 
But other than that, the Gophers did pretty well in the first half. Mo Ibrahim went out there and set even more program records. You absolutely love to see it. And he is one of the goats when it comes to Gophers football, hands down. Now he had 16 attempts for 71 yards in this game and a touchdown. He didn't play in the second half except for the final victory formation kneel down. Loved that by PJ Fleck. Thank you for giving him and Tanner that moment in order to kind of show some love and give some respect on that victory formation. Now, like I said, the Gophers finished this one. They won the game and now we're 4-0 in bowl games with PJ Fleck. But if I told you this, if I told you defensively, the Gophers gave up 466 yards, had 208 yards, you would probably think the Gophers got smacked in this game. And they didn't. They came out with a victory. So there were some things that were uncharacteristic and a little bit concerning. We'll dive into that coming up next. But first, let's talk about our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is where the game starts. Now, the Gophers didn't cover in this one. The line was nine and a half, and the Gophers come away with an eight point victory. So they did not cover. So if you picked Syracuse, then you at least got your bet there. But overall, the Gophers should have won this one. A huge play that flipped that line was the fumble. The fumble where we had 12 players on the field. And that fumble getting reversed, having 12 players on the field, ended up allowing Syracuse to go for their final score and really end up covering. So rough one there. But let's talk about the game in depth more. The players of this game, one on offense and one on defense, offensive player of the game, hands down, has to be Daniel Jackson. Daniel Jackson went out there, four receptions, 73 yards, and two touchdowns. He looked like a number one receiver. He looked like he's ready to continue to take a jump forward and continue to build on his role. And so if he can continue striding like that and you have Chris Ottman Bell coming back, That'll be fun. Then you also have the transfer receivers coming in. You hopefully will see Dalen Wright continue to make the deep ball a bigger weapon for the Gophers. And then you have Brevin Spanford coming back. This offense is exciting, especially when you see players like Daniel Jackson taking strides like he did today in this game. So he's the offensive player of the game, bar none. And the defensive player of the game has to be true freshman Coleman Bryson. He didn't really get any opportunities in this year. He got a couple in the non-conference games, saw a couple snaps here and there, especially late. Coach Fleck talked about him to us in the media pressers in the early non-conference schedule, talking about he's a guy who could possibly play right away, like play play, not just special teams, but play play. Now he didn't in the season, but he did today in the bowl game. And I love to see it. He came out there with eight tackles, had a pass breakup and had a major pick six that absolutely kind of swung this game back in the Gophers favor, gave them a comfortable lead and helped them fend off any momentum that Syracuse had coming in. So overall, those are the two players of the game has to be Daniel Jackson on offense, Coleman Bryson on defense. Now, personally, I'm really curious why we didn't see Zach Evans play in this one. I'd mentioned it uh, over the past week and a half that I thought we'd maybe see him depending on how involved Mo was, but Mo didn't play in the entire second half, but we didn't give anyone else running touches, any attempts in the backfield besides Trey Potts and Trey Potts love the guy, love how he's fought back from his injury, but he wasn't super effective with the ball or efficient with the ball in that second half. It was brutal in the second half. 
The Gophers went three and out, I believe, on three different drives in the second half. So it was curious to see why Zach Evans didn't get some looks, why Bryce Williams maybe didn't get some looks, just to change the pace and the style of play in the run game, especially when you're not putting Mo Ibrahim out there. So that one was definitely curious to me because the the Gophers only had about five drives, I believe, in that second half, and three of them were three play drives with a punt. And then the other one was a two play drive with a touchdown after the huge kickoff return. So they weren't on the field very much on offense in the second half, but just felt a little off to me. Definitely curious to know why we didn't try anyone else at the running back position. Now, honestly, the offense in the second half was pretty bad. We already talked about that. But defensively, there were a lot of mistakes, a lot of missed tackles, a brutal mistake on that fumble recovery where Minnesota had 12 men on the field. How do you do that? How do you have 12 men on the field? Like, it's just simple communication. I know there can be confusion with new players out there, with guys that maybe haven't been playing key minutes. But overall, I think that that was a hiccup that you just don't let it slide. So definitely some communication errors. But this game was definitely a bend but don't break mentality. And they bent. They bent a lot. They bent a lot, a lot, but they didn't break. And that's what mattered in the end of this game. Like I said, if I told you that the Gophers gave up 466 yards on defense and only had just above 200 offered 200 yards on offense, you probably would think that this was a loss, but it wasn't. So they found a way to get it done, but the game was sloppy on all fronts on offense, on defense, on the field conditions. So Things got to get cleaned up, but that's not all on the Gophers. There's a lot on the Gophers. There's things to fix as we head into the offseason. But let's start NCAA by not having these terrible field conditions and terrible games in baseball stadiums. So overall, the defense had a 70-yard pick six by true freshman Coleman Bryceman. We talked about that. And they had a huge 72-yard kickoff return that helped set up a touchdown as well. Those big plays that maybe we're not used to seeing from the Gophers in this past season, we saw a lot of drives. We saw a lot of long drives this season. Not today. Today we saw a lot of big plays. A lot of even Daniel Jackson's touchdowns were both, I believe, 25-plus yards That's not what we're used to seeing. So it's nice to see the flashes, even with Tanner Morgan back in at quarterback instead of Ethan after the injury. The fact that we can see blips and flashes that helps carry over into the next season. Now, looking at the defense overall, yes, there were mistakes. Like I said, Ben don't break, but there were a lot of people out. Tyler Newbin, out. Flip Dixon, who started for us all season, transferred to Rutgers. Tea time didn't play the entire second half. I'm guessing it had something to do with the field conditions. Stapp was struggling in this one. He got burnt a couple times, but Beanie Bishop impressed me. He had a lot of tight coverage. He didn't even get a lot of targets his way, and they were throwing the ball a whole lot. So Beanie Bishop really stood out to me with the nice coverage in this one. Coleman Bryson, like I said, eight tackles, a pass breakup, and a pick six. He's definitely a young guy that you should expect to see out there on the field moving forward. I wouldn't be surprised if he pushes to try and fill that Howden starting position heading into 2023. 
Now, Cody Lindenberg showed he's a stud. Again, he got hurt, and hopefully it's nothing major because he's already had to deal with major things in his career, and he showed that he's going to be a heck of a playmaker for the Gophers moving forward. So I really hope it's something minor, but even prior to his injury, he had 11 total tackles and was leading the team, and nine of those tackles were solo. He's flying all around the field. He's instinctive, and he is a very bright piece to the defense moving forward in the future. The last player I want to mention on the defense was Ja Joyner. He didn't get home on any sacks, I don't believe, but he created pressure. He created problems. He gave that offensive line fits, even though the quarterback was all over running the ball. So it was hard to actually get home and sack the quarterback, but Ja Joyner did a good job on that front. Now let's look at if, if you have any questions about what you saw in this game or anything you want to talk about, drop those in the comments. I see them coming through. I agree with Barry. You talked about Daniel had an amazing catch today. Absolutely amazing. He really took a nice step up in this game. Somebody corrected me. The line was 10 and a half at kickoff. I appreciate that. Either way, the Gophers did not cover in this one. Um, so that was not good to see. The Gophers should have won this game bigger, but a sloppy second half, new people in new positions. It was a little rough at times, but at least they pulled it out. I will give a positive on that one, though. I'm curious to know if the conservativeness of the offense in that second half was due to the field conditions or if it was just classic us playing too conservative. Hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully it it can we're going to find out next year. Either way, we see the trend of building around eighth and we see the trend of getting new weapons in for the offense at the wide receiver positions, bringing Brevin back. So it's got to change, right? It has to be more dynamic. It has to be more blended and balanced to the passing game. It has to happen, but we'll see what happens there. Got a comment from Day that we should decline the bowl in the future if the field conditions are like this. I agree 100%. I think you will start to see teams start to decline these things if they don't get this fixed and squared away, because no one should be going out there to risk injury in these type of conditions. Like not only the players that want to go on to play pro or are hoping to go to the pros that next off season, but why would younger players want to play in this and risk a major injury, putting off their entire off season. You're talking about you're hours away from prepping for the new year where maybe you're stepping into a starting role. Maybe you're stepping into a bigger opportunity and you want to potentially risk it to play on a crappy field like what the Gophers and Syracuse played on tonight. Yeah, no, sir. I'm not about that. Uh, big play defense saved us. That's true. The, the big play, there were some huge plays on the defense. We also had some plays subtracted from us. Uh, the interception uh, by Darius Green that was taken away because someone was offsides. I believe Donald Willis was offsides on that one. You also have the fumble where we had somehow, somehow, some way had 12 people on the field. I still am not over that one, but it happened. We move on. At least the Gophers took the victory in this pinstripe bowl, 28 to 20. Let's jump some more comments in here. Hopefully one of our young RBs is ready next year because no RB outside of Mo showed that they can handle a big workload. I agree for the most part. I'm not going to lie to you there. For the most part, I do really like what I saw from Zach Evans in that Northwestern game. Now he only got six touches, but 
it's not even what he did with the touches, which was effective. I believe he had 30 yards and a touchdown. So it's like five yards of carry, but it's more so the burst that he had, the acceleration, the ability to hit that second gear. I love Mo. Mo is a goat when it comes to the Gophers running backs. And I just posted a tweet, a thread tweet about everything he's accomplished within the last 20 minutes. But Mo doesn't have that home run hitting ability. He is one of the best backs you will ever see here at the University of Minnesota, but he doesn't have that second gear. So it'll be something new for Gophers fans to see these younger backs if they have that. And Zach Evans does. So I'm hoping he can find more opportunity, but I'm really intrigued by what Darius Taylor in the 2023 class will bring, as well as Marquise Williams. Marquise Williams, like, I'm not saying that he is this player, but he reminds me of like a Sproles or of like a James White, someone that you can get involved in the passing game, let him be a scat back, let him create extra opportunities, but he's not that workhorse type back. So I think we have a good combination of guys in that running back room. Um, What else we got on here? Mo is the greatest gopher in program history. I don't disagree. I mean, Mo is a goat. I just posted all of his, his records his honors and everything like that in a thread over on Twitter, because honestly, I just want to give appreciation to him. That's something special. Those type of players that set those type of records and whatnot don't come very often. So really appreciate what you saw here with his time here. And hopefully we'll be seeing records set at that quarterback position coming up with Ethan Kaliak Manis coming through and being able to take that starting job moving forward. Uh, looked like looked more like a high school field. You know, how sad is that, though, that it looked like a high school field and you're playing at the New York Yankees baseball field? Like, you think if you're going to amp it up, like, oh, this is the Yankees. Like, yeah, it's New York Yankees field. Okay, then why does it feel, look like a chopped up, frozen Minnesota high school football field? Like, we have players playing out on turf in high school at the top notch high schools that are investing in turf now now whether you like turf or don't like turf just due to the conditions they're switching to turf because they're hoping it'll be better on players legs and their knees and whatnot but that field conditions was absolutely terrible for the new york yankees so let's make it better if you're going to use that as a talking point for an entire month of the pinstripe bowl Brockington dropped an easy catch. Uh, that's true. And the guy played off so much as far as he, the defender lost his footing on that as well. So Brockington, Brockington could have taken that quite a ways, but I do like what I've seen for Brockington. And honestly, Brockington's play style reminds me of a young Chris Ottman Bell, if I'm being honest. I'm not saying he's going to be him, but their play styles are very similar. So I'm really intrigued to see how he continues to grow with the team. Uh, and I, Kirk Shiraka even mentioned in some of the pressers this year that he, he purposefully had calls for Brockington and some of the non-conference games calls specifically meant for the pass to go to him, for him to be the first read, just to see what kind of receiver he was to see how he, how he performs or how he acts when the pressure is on, when he knows his number is being called. And in each of those occasions, he caught it and he made a big play with it. So it's nice to so know that in most occasions he can handle the pressure. Now this one, I think he was thinking too far ahead. He was ready. I think he knew the defender was misstep 
and he could take this one. He had the ability to take this one at least a good a good amount of yardage, not maybe the full distance, but he had the ability to break one, and I think it's one of those things where you're thinking about what you can do before you actually secure the ball, which happens to receivers all the time. Pick six by the redshirt freshman in his first start was dope to see, and DJ was great. Hopefully he can build off of this for next year. I agree. Daniel Jackson hopefully continues to build and trend up. Um, he's looked really good on and off this year, but this one, and I believe there's one other game where he really just looked like he was ready to take the next step. Also, the freshman's a true freshman, not a redshirt freshman. Now, I guess what you're saying is he this year could be counted as a redshirt because he didn't play in four. So you're right. He'll probably be a redshirt freshman heading into the next year. They'll use this year since he didn't play the full four as his redshirt year. Going to be finally fun to watch the passing game. I agree. Let's just hope that we actually do it, right? I mean, we talked about how this year was going to be fun with the passing game too. And then you saw flashes, especially in the non-conference. You saw major flashes in the Michigan State game. But then, right? I mean, hopefully with Ethan kind of developing, having that full arsenal of weapons, having a full offseason where he is the guy. You're building this offense around him, and you can see those gears in motion right now. I think it should be extremely exciting moving forward to see what happens in this passing game. Now, I'm not expecting it to be Ohio State next year. I'm not saying we're going to go out there and be a top 25 team in passing. It would be nice to get to the 60s. There are 131 FBS teams out there right now. If we could finish 65th, when it comes to passing attempts or passing yardage, that would be a major improvement because it likely means we're finding more balance in that passing game. I We want to run the ball. I mean, our offensive linemen are built to maul some people out there. So you're going to keep running it. You just got a huge commit in Darius Taylor, who you were fending off Michigan coming in, his home state, and who is playing in the playoffs for back-to-back years now. You're fending off Michigan State, Wisconsin, Purdue. I believe Darius Taylor had over 30 offers. So the fact that he was here, committed back in May, and then he fought through it all and signed on signing day, you love to see it. I'm excited. And for a guy of that caliber, for a guy of that top notch, whose people were all after, sought after, four star guy, he's going to play minutes next year. He's not going to red for it, red shirt. Now, will he get mo level touches? You got to wait until you see him in the spring ball because he is early enrolling. You got to wait until you see what he does over the summer season and then coming into fall camp, how he progresses from spring ball to the fall camp. But I will say it right here and right now, Darius Taylor's not going to redshirt next year. I would be baffled, dumbfounded. You can clip this, send it back to me again, but I would be dumbfounded if Darius Taylor redshirt next year. I think he's going to be heavily involved in the running back room, and I think Zach Evans could work in there. Like I said, Marquise Williams could be more of like a change of pace back, a scat back, a back you use in the shotgun. That's something that's exciting with Ethan Kelly McManus moving forward is There's so many different ways you can approach this. You have a whole 13 scholarship receivers coming in or here or transferring in. You get what I'm saying. Then you have Brevin Spanford coming back. And then you have three receiver or three running backs that have all proven they can catch the ball. Marquise Williams had over 700 receiving yards and 10 receiving touchdowns as a high school running back. Darius Taylor started out as a slot wide receiver. So 
like before he made the transition to running back in his junior and senior seasons. These guys can catch the ball. So Ethan's going to have a ton of weapons, and it should excite you as Gopher fans on how we are going to move forward. Now, yes, uh, Day mentioned we have a tougher schedule next year. Hopefully we can stay healthy. Health is so important. Hopefully we can have a healthy season. All the guys that are out there playing major minutes can make it through the year. Um, I'm excited to see a more pass-friendly offense as well. And with the tougher schedule, yes, it's going to be tougher, but – I've seen a lot of people also saying, oh, we only, our ceiling is six wins. I'm not here for that. I'm not here for that at all because you have a ton of co- coaching changes happening. Huh? Purdue, changing coaches. Nebraska, changing coaches. Wisconsin, changing coaches. Now, could those coaches be really good in the long run? Sure, that's a possibility. But any first year coach coming in, it's tough to find instant success in a major conference. Even Coach Fleck, I believe he had five wins in the first year, and then he flipped it to seven the next year, somewhere around that. I don't, I don't have it memorized, so don't flame me on that one. But it takes time to get things to gel fully and to get the right guys in place and to get the right players to fit your system. Now, on top of that, Wisconsin shifting to like an air raid type offense, bringing in Longo from North Carolina. Are they bringing in quarterback recruits now? Yeah, Nick Evers committed. Some kid from Texas just committed four-star kid for 2024, but it's still going to take time. You can't just, oh, yep, there it is. We're going to be stars. We're going to be contenders. We're going to be, no. So all those coaching changes, on top of all this youthful talent we have, getting a full season of knowing, you know what, I might be the guy this year. I'm heading into this playing like I'm the guy. I think it can add up where to the point where, yes, maybe – you're looking to be competitive with a Michigan or Ohio State. You want to stay in those games to the end of it. And if you get a loss, you know what? You accept it and you move forward and you keep playing it week by week by week. But North Carolina isn't going to be untouchable. Uh, Iowa isn't going to be untouchable. And then you have all of those coaching changes, Purdue, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Illinois. Yes, we've struggled with them for the past two years, but they're not untouchable. So all of those games are still winnable. It's going to be a tough year but it's something that the Gophers can do. Now, I want to close this one off with thanking the seniors. Before we get into that a little bit more in depth, uh, a message from our friends at the NHTSA. You're hanging out with some friends, putting back a few drinks. A few become a few too many. As the evening comes to an end, people start to head out and you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you're to- you total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows the risks about driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. So be sure if you have a few drinks to think again, don't drive, plan a ride to plan to get a ride ahead of time. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. So this is Locked On Golden Gophers. I appreciate you guys for tuning in live and in the flesh. Well, not in the flesh, but jumping onto the live stream. Please be sure to hit subscribe over on YouTube if you haven't already. We're going to close this one up with just talking about a couple of the seniors. They They've done so much for the program over the last few years. They helped get this thing going. They helped put the Gophers in this trajectory of nine wins, of more positivity. Now, we want to keep progressing. Like We can't just stop here and be like, okay, 
nine win seasons. Yep. We're good. Just give me another nine win season. No, we want to win the division before it's gone. We want to be contenders in the conference, but also appreciate what has been done so far. Tanner did so much for this program. John Michael Schmitz, Jordan Howden. Jordan Howden had a real nice game today with six tackles, five solo tackles, and one pass breakup. And he covered and fixed a lot of mistakes that were made by some of the young players. There were plays that could have went 40 yards down the field for Syracuse that Jordan Howden absolutely just had a arm tackle or had filled the hole or filled the funnel on a running play. So Jordan Howden, we're definitely going to miss him from walk-on to true starter to one of the best safety pairings in the Big Ten. John Michael Schmitz didn't play in this one, and honestly, I don't blame him, especially with the field conditions that we saw. So overall, thank you to the senior class. Thank you for all that they did. And the Gophers, they walk away with a win. And some key seniors will be looking to go pro. We're going to talk about that as we get towards the draft. We'll be talking about breakdowns profiles for these guys that are heading towards the NFL, guys that are playing in these pro prep games. We're going to talk about that all over here at Lockdown Golden Gophers. So definitely be sure to hit subscribe. Uh, Any last things? We'll check these comments one last time before we go. Um, It looks like that's the majority of it. So Thanks again for listening. This is Kane Rob signing off. I'll see you next time. Roll the boat. Skyima. Go Gophers.